You are listening to an SAFM podcast, 104 to 107 nationwide. Stream us live on www.safm.co.za or via the SABC Plus app. SABC News, independent and impartial. Uh, as you you know noted quite well in the introduction, this is a a perceptions index uh, that's uh, uh, based upon a, a view of what's happening in, in terms of public sector corruption. Uh, it's drawn from a number of, of data sources. What we've seen over the years is really one of stagnation where where uh, countries' scores don't really move too much. Uh, uh, maybe they'll move one point up or one point down. But as you noted, this is now, uh, South Africa's now uh, uh, recorded its lowest score of 41. A uh, uh, high score would be, you know, over t- towards more closer to 100, um, which um, means that the, you know, the perception is that um, South Africa is not progressing in its fight against corruption. If anything, that there's a perception that there's a decline in terms of um, uh, uh, where we are as a country in terms of the fight against corruption, and I think that's, you know, that's that's a really worrying uh, uh, finding. Um, we 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 had a lot of disclosure uh, in the, the the era of the Zondo Commission. Um, uh, we had years of testimony and uh, uh, some years to, uh, to to get that final report. And the the moment that we've been in now has been about understanding how we can. Uh, uh, anti-corruption strategy, implement Zondo Commission recommendations and make real strides in terms of whether it be uh, a procurement reform, uh, strengthening the whistleblower protection system and strengthening the criminal justice uh, sector. But at the moment, the perception at least is that we're not making sufficient progress uh, fast enough uh, in these areas. So, Karim, as one would imagine, um, some would say, well, it it is but a perception index. So how does Corruption Watch assess the current state of corruption in South Africa, considering both the perceived levels as well as the actual reported or experienced corruption uh, by the public? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a really good point. I mean, Corruption Watch is still, uh, uh, you know, engages with the public in terms of uh, receiving complaints of uh, of corruption. Uh, we see stories uh, uh, regularly in the media, and you know, and even we see acknowledgement from 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 our leadership that uh, we still face significant challenges. Uh, you know, so one of the indicators we'll look at uh, in the period coming up is. What kind of pronouncements will we hear in terms of the State of the Nation address? Uh, to what extent is there a recognition by government that corruption is, is one of the national pro- fighting corruption is a national priority, and that and that corruption, uh, you know, effectively. Uh, it has a negative implications for social cohesion, for economic growth, uh, for the fundamental fight uh, against uh, inequality. Uh, one of the, the fundamental things we'll look at is the extent to which there's commitment to ensuring that uh, key institutions are, are sufficiently funded and that their uh, that their independence is guaranteed. You know, we've seen budget cuts to some of the key uh, criminal justice sector institutions in recent periods, and I think that's uh, you know that that feeds into this uh, idea that we don't have sufficient capacity, uh, and that you know in particular an institution like the MPA, which has had to correct itself from years of state capture, is still really battling to execute its mandate of 
effectively when it comes to fighting uh, a grand corruption and state capture. Mm. And and to that point, if if we look at the South African context, uh, Karim, um, that relationship between democracy, the rule of law, and the prevalence of corruption in the public sector, you know, how how what can be done by the South African public, at least, to try and alleviate some of these pressures? Because, as you say, the NPA, we've heard of all their woes. Um, unfortunately, we've heard of a cleanup, but even that cleanup doesn't seem to be delivering results. So what do we do? There's this, you know, there's this fundamental need, I think, for us to play a role as as active citizens, um, to take every opportunity available to engage and participate uh, uh, in democracy when those opportunities are available to us. So, for instance, there's been some serious pieces of of, of national legislation, draft legislation that has worked through parliament. It's so critical that as civil society and as other groupings that we engage with that, that legislation to make sure that it's, it's as strong as it possibly can be. That then also brings me to the issue of whistleblowing. You know, unfortunately, we still have a system which disincentivizes whistleblowing or whistleblowing is dangerous where there can be negative implications for whistleblowers. But regardless, we need to continue uh, to support each other, to support those that are prepared to speak out to where if, if it's necessary, people need to protect their identities. So we do need this kind of speak out culture in order to uh, uh, bring matters to the fore. And, you know, we also need to support the the courageous work that you and your colleagues do uh, in the media. And, and I think we have to give serious credit to the work of investigative journalists who have been in the forefront of exposing corruption. And I think if it wasn't for uh, uh, an independent media, an independent judiciary, uh, you know, the, the kind of foundations of a constitutional democracy and rule of law society, then we would be in a much a much worse situation than, than we are in. Mm. And, and and again, such an important point there, Karim. Uh, but if you look at that, the report mentions the need for appropriate funding for the criminal justice system. Now, how can the structural and operational independence of that criminal justice system be ensured? Because that obviously impacts greatly on who ultimately gets uh, prosecuted by the state uh, because you just have to think about the state capture cases. You just have to think about uh, the files from the TRC and, you know, how little movement there seems to be in this regard. You know, despite 30 years of our democracy, despite um, uh, creating some some sound uh, uh, and, and, and solid institutions of democracy, we still don't have real structural independence when it comes to the prosecution services. Uh, they don't have independence around their budget. Uh, and, you know, and there's still, you know, uh, dependencies uh, with the Department of Justice. So I think that really is an area where we could see significant improvements in terms of from a legislative standpoint, from a, from a budgetary standpoint, that we create that independence around the MPA. Similarly, now with the the, the rise of the independent directorate, which uh, you know some have called the Scorpions 2.0, uh, uh, you know we need to see that the the ideas appropriately capacitated, that it's appropriately funded so that it can drive these state capture cases over the line. At the moment, you know, the the first big state capture case, the New Lane investment case, was was dismissed by the High Court in Bloemfontein. We know 
that the uh, uh, the Coco case was struck off the rolls, that there's going to be that that matter needs to be re-enrolled. So there is really real serious concern around capacity, and capacity is directly related to uh, uh, legislative and structural independence and, and appropriate funding. So um, ultimately, we want to see an independent anti-corruption agency uh, along the lines of what's required in terms of the Glenister judgment, and I think that's envisioned in terms of the implementation of the national anti-corruption strategy, and this is something which is being seriously debated by the National Advisory Council uh, uh, to the president looking at issues of corruption. So it's all to do, Sakina. Uh, um, th this is not a good uh, uh, report, but but I think um, you know a lot of the uh, uh, what's what what's needed. Uh, the the imperatives are are well understood. Uh, it's a question of some courageousness in terms of our uh, uh, political leaders driving these initiatives. Karam, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Karam Singh is the executive director of Corruption Watch, uh, talking to us there about uh, the 2023 Corruption Perception Index. And of course, uh, South Africa now reaching uh, levels that we were at in 2012, unfortunately, uh, deteriorating on that score. You can find SAFM Current Affairs on 104 to 107 nationwide. Our podcasts are available for download on all our digital platforms. SAFM, leading the conversation.